Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by director Josh Leong to talk about his live action narrative short Chicken. The film was inspired by true stories of real children he first met while volunteering in New York City juvenile detention centers in the summer of 2021. Screenings at the Tribeca Film Festival will be held on Sunday, June 12th at 5.45 p.m. and Monday, June 13th at 5.45 p.m. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I'm sorry I was running a few minutes behind today. No, no, all good. All good. I appreciate you taking the time to chat. Where are you calling from right now? Uh, Tucson, Arizona. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm in New York. Rainy are, New York right now. Is it rainy in New York? That's, see, yes. uh, that sounds amazing to me. Uh, I, yeah. I don't get out to New York very often these days. It's been uh, probably about four years since I've been there. But when I right. picture it, I think of this time of year and the rainy weather. It just feels <laughs> perfect to me that I, I miss right. that deeply. I so. mean, I, I don't mind it. It's been really hot recently. So <laughs> the, the rain better cool some stuff down. Very cool. Yeah. Well, this has to be a pretty exciting time for you right now with having a chicken about to go into Tribeca. How are you feeling with it? Yeah, certainly. It's it's such an honor, really. I think I'm just really trying to process it. This is the first time I've been to a, a festival of this scale. So um, a lot's going on. I think I'm just constantly thinking about all the people that like uh, helped get it to this place because um, it, was a, it was a huge team effort. And I'm really indebted to a lot of people to having this film be here. Well, one of the exciting things, one of the reasons I always uh, follow short films, it's a mm -hmm. great way to see people whose work you want to follow um, right. in the immediate future. It's almost, it, I, I think they short films work beautifully on their own um, until streaming platforms. There haven't been many outside of film festivals venues to see them. So it's right, something right. That you would just see as a part of a festival. And that's really where they tended to live. And now with you know streaming, you can actually see short films a lot easier than you used sure. to be able to, which is great. But it's always so wonderful to see young filmmakers in doing exciting, interesting work. And Chicken definitely falls into that category of something that you're now you're on my radar. You're somebody whose work I want to follow at this point. And I think mm -hmm. that has a lot to do with the writing of this piece. It was such an original story and something that was so beautiful and succinct. And can you talk about uh, the inspiration for the story because i understand it's based on some personal experience yeah, yeah of course and, and so chicken is a really personal story uh, back in uh, almost a year ago so in, in the summer of 21 um i i had volunteered with my church at uh, uh juvenile detention centers in the bronx in brooklyn um it was a new program that just opened up so i went and volunteered for a couple of weeks and i got to spend time and kind of mentor some of these children, really just children that are inside these facilities. Um, in New York, at least it's 18 and under mm -hmm. um, that are that are inside these facilities. And so we met a lot of 16-year-old kids, 16-year-old fathers, kids who had kids outside of the facilities. Oh, wow. And so um, it just so happened that I had come uh, the week preceding Father's Day um and it was a really emotional time for a lot of these kids we we weren't sure why at first but we began to realize that many of them yes have children on the outside and so um and i think a lot of these kids end up here because you know there's there's a lot of uh difficult uh home circumstances and and family life that they come from a lot of them to be honest with absent parents absent fathers and so fathers they brought this wealth of emotions of both a uh either kind of being upset um 
at the absence of their own father, and then and then B being fearful that they are no longer capable of being a father. There's a there's a huge sense of lost hope inside these prisons where the kids feel like they've they're done, that they're condemned for a life like this. That um, and uh, there's some really really staggering statistics that like 84 percent of these kids that that go into juvenile detention will end up being reincarcerated within five years. And so you have yeah. really really high recidivism rates um in america and so i knew that was a it was just a really really uh impactful time for me but i also learned that there was a chicken hatching program um in the prisons which is just totally crazy and absurd um and the more i I learned about it the more I, i discovered that it's it's used as a gentling activity for the kids and it's it allows them to divert energy to doing something productive like raising a chicken and then they'll 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 have the, the eggs, they'll, they'll, they'll eat the eggs and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I began to learn that a lot of these kids uh, made very serious emotional attachments with these chicks that would ask to sleep with them in their cells because it was the only way they could fall asleep. Um, and I just began to see that many of these kids were, it was, they were treating it like a surrogate child. And so in that way, that's where the metaphor of the film came through. Um, which we're exploring essentially a bunch of kids playing with chicks, but in reality, they're they're learning how to become fathers. And I think at the end of the day, what we're trying to say with this film is, you know, that these kids, uh, their story isn't over. You can't write off people for what they did at 16. If, if we were judged by what we did at 16, we wouldn't have a functioning society. Um, and so I think it's uh, about equipping these kids to uh, kind of make better choices and to kind of give them opportunities to succeed we're talking about rehabilitation. We're talking about keeping kids out of the system as opposed to abandoning them when they get out or to not give them the, the access to support that they really need. And, and I think that's what this film talks about and, and hopefully raises awareness for. And I, and I think it does. And it does it in a really succinct, I mean, the, the movie's 13 minutes long. So if you think about what you're trying to fit into that um, short package, that this never comes across as preachy or something that, um, is professorial that you're just up on your soapbox talking to the audience mm-hmm. saying this is the change that needs to happen. You're showing this example of this young man who's really finding compassion in a way mm-hmm. that it's uh, that the the cycle of this where he's never been shown an example of how to express this kind of love and he has this in his heart and he just needs to have this thing that if he is too aggressive with it, it's not going to last. If he treats it the right. way the world has treated him, it will break much in the way that he's on the verge of breaking sure. himself. And something that's exactly. In that. Yeah, for sure. And I think you, you see that with kind of Shrew's relationship with the chick, you know, not really knowing how to take care of it, um, being afraid of hurting it or being too rough with it. That's a pretty common um thread and, and you'll learn if you if you work with us brought by design who's the real chick hatching organization is that they have to teach kids that there's a proper way to hold a chick and to be honest if you squeeze too tightly uh the chick will jump out so you actually hold the chick with a very loose grip and i think there's so many levels Perfect about this that, that just yeah. like exactly and so um it's just it's just cool to not only just through the film but also in real life see that these kids are learning skills um for how to raise kids yeah and this came together so quickly because, I mean, we're still two weeks out from Father's Day right now. And yeah. <laughs> this is the time when you were there. So re- really, you didn't even know this film was going to be in existence. And you went through the whole process of inspiration to 
it being in the Tribeca Film Festival in under a year and, you know, 48, 49 ish weeks. How, how did that come together so quickly for you? Yeah. To be honest, when you say it like that, it's how it, it is really quick. <laughs> I mean, um, I had gone to those, uh, I had volunteered without any, um, you know, preconceived notion that I was trying to make a film there. Sure. Um, and I think that's what you have to do because you need to be fully present with kind of what you're doing. So that really wasn't uh, something on my mind. It was at the end of summer, around August, I was actually on a plane back from Ethiopia where I was like uh, <laughs> looping back with the, the crew of my other film in Ethiopia. Um, but I was on the plane back and I just was sitting there and I wanted to put down some bullet points and I, and I wrote like an outline, a really, really bad outline for the film um, in August. And um, I started essentially my final, my final semester at NYU that fall. Um, and I'm in a, in a production classroom to make up a, a final film. And uh, I led with that idea and um, it had to be workshopped a lot and it was too big at first. And then we distilled it and we stripped it down. And I think um, it was an exercise in learning how to do um, a lot with very little. Um, it was an eight page script. Um, it was very reserved locations and the characters had to be reduced. Um, and I think what we ended up with was something that, works because it's concise and because it's it's abbreviated and i think had i to be honest had i not had this the 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 kind of uh the strict rigidity of of school at nyu to kind of compress that i would have probably made a more bloated film and um we shot it in november um and the turnaround was i guess i forget i feel like the tribeca deadline was like beginning of february or end of oh january so it was it wow. was a really fast it was a really fast thing um we like we finished shooting and i went straight to post and i tried to finish this like by christmas and then we were sent it out for for color and sound um yeah. so it, it's a very fast turnaround and i mean with that in mind any film that's watchable in my assessment is something of a minor miracle because all the pieces that can go wrong when you're making a film. And so when you have a film that has all of those constraints around it and limitations of time to have something, right. your, your film looks great. It sounds great. Um, the performances are really, they're really strong here. So to have all those pieces come together is really rare. And I, I'm wondering if that's something that you've had enough time to get your head around and really appreciate that you made something really special. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. So I went into Bookman's today and decided to try to find one of Courtney Gaines's films. I already had the Arrow release of Children of the Corn, uh, but I had a couple other titles in mind that I'd like to revisit. So I walked in, went over to the Blu-ray section, and within about one minute, I spotted a copy of The Burbs. The Burbs is a 1989 uh, dark comedy directed by Joe Dante. Stars Tom Hanks, Bruce Stern, Carrie Fisher, Corey Feldman, Henry Gibson, and, of course, Courtney Gaines. The film is centered around Tom Hanks, who plays a suburban uh, father who decides to stay home for a peaceful summer vacation, but his plans are shattered when a weird family moves in next door. Screenwriter Dana Olson based the script on his own experiences from childhood. He said, I had an ultra-normal middle-class upbringing, but our town had its own share of psychos. 
There was a legendary hatchet murder in the 30s, and every once in a while you'd pick up the local paper and read something like, Librarian Kills Family, Self. As a kid, it was fascinating to think that Mr. Flanagan down the street could turn out to be Jack the Ripper. And where there's fear, there's comedy. So I approached the Burbs as Ozzie and Harriet meets Charles Manson. In recent years, there's been a call to return to the Ozzie and Harriet Leave It to Beaver-esque suburbs of the 1950s. A perfect example of how motivated cognition can skew our thoughts on history and our current reality. But this world is and was a fantasy. It never existed. The Burbs beautifully examines the boredom-inspired paranoia and barely-veiled prejudice that often stirs about in most suburban neighborhoods. I was genuinely shocked at how well this movie holds up. A film like American Beauty that's dealing with similar thematic issues and took home the Best Picture uh, Oscar, it feels dated and slightly naive in its view of what it means to age. Dante isn't raising a middle finger to his generation and calling them sellouts. He's laughing at what they've become. And as a part of the generation that ushered in Nirvana, flannel is fashion and reality bites. I mean, it wasn't all perfect. I get it. We didn't think we'd be taking over the suburbs, but here we are. I'm perfectly comfortable in my suburban lifestyle, but I'm fully aware that the 20-year-old version of me uh, thinks I'm a poser. And in some ways, I guess I am. But the one thing that's been consistent in my life is, yes, I'm posing. I'm pretending. I'm faking it, hoping no one will notice that I'm uncomfortable in my own skin. But as I get older, I get closer to caring less every day. And I think that's what Dante was getting at. The frustrations that we often allow to take over our lives are a product of our own boredom and our lack of strife. We're at, we are animals who use fear as a tool to protect ourselves, and we'll find something to be afraid of just to have something to do. But then again, every once in a while, you will read a story, um, like Dana was talking about, about that neighbor in the ideal zip code who went nuts and did something that people will talk about for decades. So are the suburbs perfect? No. Are cities? No. As long as you have large groups of people housed near one another, eventually things will go south. But for the most part, you have nothing to fear in your neighbor or your neighbor's neighbor. If you haven't seen The Burbs, you should definitely remedy that. It's a great film, real easy to watch. If you haven't been to Bookman's lately, you should remedy that as well. Because remember, Bookman's has your cool covered. Enjoy the rest of the show. Special with this one. I think I haven't, and it did occur to me, I think, at points, because the, the film wasn't, like, if I'm completely honest, it wasn't, like, the most enjoyable film to make. I was, like, very stressed out about it, and, like, um, you know, a lot of things went wrong and, and all kinds of stuff. And, and yes, it's part and parcel of filmmaking. Like you said, like, there will always inevitably be things thrown our way. And I feel like uh, we were we were shooting in a, in a city that was kind of, uh, you know, coming out of covid but then there was like all these omicron waves and everything was like shutting down again and, and so we had we were working under so many restrictions and people were not being as uh, locations were not being as accommodating as they usually were and we had sag restrictions leading to all our actors essentially being first time non-actors um but you know i i think all the more it, it came out and and it came out to the with the success that it did and i think it's it's been really affirming for myself um just kind of saying you know i i came into film school not sure if film was going to be the thing for me and i come out of film school with, with this reminder that i feel like god's given me that you know this is a gift and this is something that is worth pursuing and because we can we can make a difference with it and so um all that 
being said, yes, this, this is, it was, it takes a village to make a movie. Um, you know, we had the support of a ton of students, um, a ton of my classmates, um, everyone on the crew was, was a student. Um, we had the support of C3 juvenile justice ministry who, you know, I, I volunteered with initially. We also had the support of Sprout by Design, which is the real yeah. chicken hatching organization. And we have absolutely no expertise in how to hatch chicks or how to take care of chicks. And so they're the ones managing all of that. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's it was a monumental effort to kind of get it off the ground. And I think I've been lucky enough to like uh, have some of the practice in working with teams like that. And and I think we're, we're just all very proud of how it came out. So with the idea of expectations not being what you thought they would be um, going into this, when you first start outlining this project and you had these constraints and end up pulling together a film that was in your estimation better than it would have been had you had this, um, mm-hmm. what are you going to take into the next project from that? What have you learned from it? It's difficult because um, I'd like to say that now I can approach all films with a very uh, stringent mindset and that uh, we should be simplifying everything. It's not necessarily preventing me from writing my next project, which is uh, which is actually a feature adaptation of, of The Other Side, which is the film I did in Ethiopia, um, which is sprawling. It's kind of the opposite of what this is. But, you know, I, I, I do think that um, I, I think that films that can be... Uh, distilled into a moment um, into things that are abbreviated to show and to not tell is super important. Um, and these are strangely things you learn when they are rules, because at, at NYU, for example, we were not allowed to have more than three speaking characters. Um, and that inherently meant that I couldn't just throw dialogue around. And I, I wish I, I could apply that to a feature where like, essentially you have no rules and you can do whatever um, because what you end up learning is that you can, you can do so many things, so many more things through showing and it's so much more impactful. And um, I think that's, that's one of the big things. And then just really finding a strong object relative, which in our case was it's in the title, it's the chicken, it's this metaphor, it's the symbol that runs through the whole film. And uh, I think something like that anchors a lot of our story. And so I'd like to say that I'll carry that. As I move forward, but it's definitely difficult. Yeah. If you ever find yourself in the position where you're explaining something to the audience instead of showing them something, um, you're holding their hand and it carries so much more weight when the audience is the one making those discoveries along with the characters and the film, along with the film itself, instead of, oh, here are all the machinations of the plot. Here's what you need to know to get to this point. And now we're moving to the next plot point. And it's just all those little details. And I think that for even if we're not conscious of it as an audience, when our hand is being held, I think we reject it a little bit. Right, right. Absolutely. I think that's, uh, it's, it's, it's part and parcel of kind of what makes films stand out to us. I think when people are like, you know, can't even point out why something doesn't feel right with them. It's, it's a lot of these kinds of things. And so, um, you know, look, I, I'm not pretending I'm some like auteur up here that like invented, reinvented the wheel or something like that, because, you know, things like this, you stumble upon and you experiment and you figure this out and it's an accident. This film came together. And, you know, I think it's, I just count ourselves very, very lucky. And we're just trying to enjoy this experience because obviously um, you know, we've worked, we've worked hard on films before and it's not reached this, these heights. And so, you know, um, 
definitely just trying to take it into into stride because I, I I do believe that this is the beginning and that there's a lot more that we can continue to tell with stories like these. Well, th- there, it's a special kind of alchemy putting all of these parts together and making something that actually works that even people that have done it at the highest levels find it incredibly right. difficult to <laughs> and repeat. So it's really, right. if you're able to learn with those mistakes and move through them and not against them and actually sure. own them as a part of the process, I think that that speaks and you're already there. And usually it seems like a lot of people that have trouble are the ones that they kind of ignore all the mistakes that happened and assume mm. that this was all because of my brilliance right out of the gate. And then that can really screw you in the long run. But I think, right. Like with most things, staying humble um, is important because film will humble you if you. If you Absolutely, I believe that so much. Awesome. Well, congratulations on the film. I really enjoyed this, and I'm looking forward to um, the adaptation of your short from before, the, the Other Side. Correct? Yeah, it's called The Other Side. When do you think yeah. that you're gonna start filming that? Oh, that one's a, that that one might be a while off. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we're getting some good traction with that old film. It just got on Peacock, actually. Oh, cool! Um, and so it's up for streaming. You can you can catch it now. And then we're we're running a series of press on the, on the on that film as well. So, with any luck, um, you know the script's the script's pretty almost there. So um, hopefully, in in this next year, we can really kick into financing. And I think that's something that we're hoping to do at the festival, to be honest, um, because it's it's very. Uh, missionally oriented, like with with kind of the style of stuff I like to do, it's it's raising awareness for, um, in that case, the orphan crisis in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it just speaks to the kinds of stories I like to tell and hopefully can continue to tell in the future. That's fantastic because we need more films like this for sure. Um, yeah, films that have a message that strike the balance that remember to actually be engaging and entertaining at the same time, <laughs> which is something that's not easily done because as somebody who has a lot of opinions i tend to lean into speaking too much instead of just going so so th- thank you for Absolutely. a reminder on that i appreciate no, it no no of course uh, and thank you so much for for chatting i really appreciate this you, you you're very conversational so oh I, that, I that, that's it. what i go yeah. for so yeah <laughs> thanks josh i appreciate it and best of luck thank hopefully you. i could talk to you right. on, on the next one awesome thank you so much have a nice day take care man bye bye